scary girl. Anyways, hi everybody! <laughs> Hello everybody! I'm Sarah. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mary Angela. Hey! And this, this is Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. Stories. This is the part that Sarah has the most fun editing. <laughs> this and y'all ready to talk about some ghosts. Oh, I bet that's monstrous. I mean, have you listened? I do the best I can. Yeah, you do really good. well, I have to say. Thank you. Pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I can't well, we're complain. welcoming back Mary Angela. Yeah, that's right. You heard. That's the third name. That's her. She's been on oh. so much. It's just like, Mary Angela's here. Right? Yay. In a, again. in a good way. In a good way. Well, it's weird because we used to record in Mary Angela's house. Angela's and house. so it was like, we were all, like, Mary Angela was always there whether she was on the show or not. And now we do this and there's no Mary Angela. Yeah. But then it's kind of cool to listen to because then I can't, like, I don't actually know what you're talking about because I didn't hear you recording it or parts of it. Because you weren't so listening like, from downstairs. This is all wildly new to me. It's great. I love it. Right. So if you're new to the podcast, this is a weekly show where we get together and we talk about ghosts, true crime. We talk about murders, unsolved mysteries, paranormal, supernatural, all sorts of just generally weird, eerie, and sometimes gross stuff because it's our show. And not yours. Mirrors. We talk about what we want. So, uh, yeah. Had to bring it, know, you know, had to bring it around. Yeah. Full circle. I appreciate it. So, good yeah, stuff. Here we are. Another day in COVID-topia. What a life. <laughs> what a day, what a life. I'm in love. It's like, that's all I got. And then it's the end of a Monday. I'm sipping on some red wine. I had a little, a little dip in the pool today with Mary Angela. That was nice. It was lovely. Working on my tan, trying to really get a nice tan going. So it can look like I've been somewhere. <laughs> Right? I know, exactly. I'm, who am I impressing? Myself. Yep. That's Where'd I all. go? Mary Angel's house, my house, the backyard. I mean, I've been around. <laughs> that's three I mean, whole places. That's three whole places. I need a haircut. I'm losing my mind. I'm working a lot. You know, shit's crazy. We're all losing our mind over here. I'm still not sleeping. You got any Welcome more crazy to the show. dreams to tell us about? Uh, I mean, every day is a new dream. I told you about my snake one that we didn't do that one on the air. We didn't do that one on the air. That was just one you told me about personally. Yep. I had a dream that involved snakes uh, where someone needed to transport like snakes, but they were like garden snakes. And so they were like holding them. And so one girl took one snake and put it in her car. But when the snake got in the car, the snake got huge and then like stuck out of the car. And they were like, no, don't worry. That's normal. That's just what snakes do. And they handed me the one I was supposed to take to my car and I'm holding it. And I walk like halfway to my car and I look back and I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and I just put the snake down. It's like, I nope. can't take it. No. No, thank you. No snake dreams. So, yeah, still don't know what these dreams mean, you guys. If you do, help a bitch out. If anybody wants to explain it to us. Um, I'm at so, a loss. Uh, Sarah, I... Did we get, like, a confirmation when I finished filling out that form for that magazine? We got an email today. 
I don't know when it's going to, well, they want us to buy a hard copy, and I'm not Mm -hmm. doing that. Of course they do. So I wanted to tell you, uh, but I was saving it for the air, and I told Mary Angela about it earlier today, that I think we've been duped into joining an MLM. (laughs) No! How would we? We didn't give them any money, and the number one sign is that you have to give them money up front. So if we don't pay for it, then whatever, we filled that out. On our own, but I'm not paying for a hard copy. I'm not paying which for is a hard what copy, they're saying. Remember, right? You made uh, like we when we finished it off together. It was like upload these pictures and like give a, give credit to anybody, and then you know hit next. So I was like, oh, we're done. So I upload the pictures. I hit next. In order, for did you it to ask submit, for money? No. In order for you to submit the form, you have to send it to two friends. <laughs> And you can't hit submit until you fill out two other people to nominate to do it. I wonder who filled it out and nominated us as no, one of the bitches. Who did it? You're listening. Which listener put us into we, this and we fell for it. You know, we whatever. We felt so honored. We were like, our, you want to talk about our brand? Like, we are going places. And well, then at the very fuck. end, it was like, required before you submit who would you like to nominate two people i need the email address of both of those people i need the website of both of those people i need the social media account for both of those people and then it was like okay you can submit now want to buy a hard copy that's it and i will say they said i'm looking at the email right now and the magazine says congratulations on the upcoming publication we'll send a notification when the article is published we've had a lot of people requesting a hard press copy in which case if you want that it's this much money and you have to order a minimum of seven copies and i'm like we do everything online anyway yeah so So we don't need a hard copy online publication version thanks so, as far as we know, y'all, we are going to be featured in an online publication of a uh, magazine and- called The Interest Magazine, and we'll keep you guys updated on when that will go live, I guess. You can buy right. a hard copy if you want to buy seven. <laughs> mm, yeah. If you get seven of your friends, seven of your friends to, to buy, buy a, a hard, hard copy, copy. <laughs> you'll get a hard copy for free. Oof. Sarah, they got us. Well, see, but I think no, they're making money. No, we didn't money. pay any money. Yeah, and I think they're actually making money on ads, like truthfully. So they need content, right? So what you've done is you've been fished for content, truthfully. You're interesting, you're a podcaster, whatever. And that's why they're asking for others because they're making their money by having that on, by publishing stuff online and like actually like selling ad space, you know, those pop-up ads and the things that happen and the whatever. I was like, that's how they're making their money. They just need content. Yeah, they're also making a little extra off top if you guys want a printed copy and you want to buy seven of them. But like, yeah, give me a break there. I mean, it, it is, but it's not as bad as the ones that would have been like, pay us to be in this magazine. So Yeah, if they had asked for money up front, I would have been, we would have been out. Yeah. We are not oh, a fan yeah. of pyramid schemes. We are so sorry if you, our listener, is a part of it. Yeah. But we do not support pyramid schemes. <laughs> That's right. Get out of here with your MLM. <laughs> well, be careful because one of our close yeah. listeners, we know for Might a fact. Be. 
I like we know for a fact that they that they nominated us for that magazine. We don't know for a fact that our customer <laughs> sells MLM. Yes. Okay, good. So <laughs> but just let it be known. We here at Dead Time Stories. We're back on the record. Do not support pyramid schemes. We are not we, fans, but we don't think we got duped into one with this magazine. Yeah, I don't think I mean, so either. We'll see. You don't think we did. <laughs> but if you listen to Dead Time Stories and you like what we do and you want some free merch, just recruit 10 of your closest friends to subscribe to, to our show. To Patreon. And give us $1 a month and That's... then you'll get like $5 worth of inventory. It's totally reasonable. To bring us 10 friends. And they have to be subscribed for $1 a month for a year. <laughs> <laughs> But look how much money you can make. Huh? See? See? I'm the CEO of my own business. I'm a boss babe, all right? We're boss babies. Oh, yeah, uh, boss babes. Speaking of boss babies. Boss babies. We got an email back. We did, but we don't have, I don't know when his episode will be released. So I would, I'm, I'm going to I'm just wait. excited. I'm so excited. All right, this is all going to be a bitch to edit. It is, but are you ready to move forward? Yes. Sarah? Stephanie? Mary Mary Angela? Angela? Leslie? Leslie? Are you there, Leslie? (laughs) Y'all ready ready to to talk talk about about some some ghosts? ghosts? Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? Angela, it's you. What you talking All right. about? Wop. So, so hey, I have some interesting things uh, to talk about. I've got two kind of like s- sort of spooky, ghosty stories. Um, well, one's spooky, one's actually kind of sweet. But anyway, um, and then I have a little true crime bit. And all of these, I can kind of like tie to, to pieces of myself. So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is: Have I ever mentioned that my family's Scottish on like my mom's side? So I think briefly, like in passing, maybe. So yeah. we're we're Scottish on my mom's side, um, and we love this aspect about ourselves. We've got little pins with the tartan. Lawton, my brother, has like a full utility kilt um, in the tartan. Like he's been collecting pieces for it um, for years, and now I think has almost everything. If I'm not mistaken, this might be a dumb question. What is a utility kilt? Oh, well, like me. Is it a like, cargo short kilt? Like well, there's pockets? There are, but I mean, it's it's a functioning kilt. It's something he could wear places. He could do stuff. Like it's a full, like formal, I guess. I mean, maybe I used the wrong word by saying utility, but like. I just imagine like the cargo short equivalent. I was no. going to say that's a, <laughs> cargo shorts of, of kilts is, I feel like, pretty accurate. His is more fancy. His isn't the cargo shorts of kilts. So I guess utility okay. really wasn't. I just meant like it was, it's like a functional, like he can wear it to like formal events and gatherings and, and. Gotcha. And, gotcha. And gotcha. people think it's cool. They don't think he's a nerd. Well, right. Well, they, and they also know what clan he's from. Cause it's like official, like it's the colors. everything matches. The tartans are all right. And all that business. So. Wouldn't it be really funny if you could have a kilt that's similar to the types of cargo pants that <laughs> then zipper into cargo shorts and you could have like a like, like T-length kilt and like a maxi kilt. Yeah, you could have like a T-length kilt down to your calf, and then when you're ready, you could unzip it, and it would be the short knee-length kilt. I love it. <laughs> Million-dollar idea, right there. There you go. We just need to find ten of our friends 
to jump on to this opportunity. <laughs> Perfect. I'm sorry, Mary Angela. Keep going. That's okay. So my family is. She knows where she <laughs> it's is. Fine. My family is Clan Davidson. That's the clan that we are. Um, and the tartan's actually really pretty. It's like a dark green with like these blue um, darts through it, and it's really. It's really kind of cool. I like it. So my mom does a lot of research up on Clan Davidson, and she found that there is this castle where sort of the head of the clan, like Clan Davidson, lived. And it's in Scotland, and it's called – I'm going to pronounce this really wrong. Um, Tulloch, I think is how it's pronounced. Tulloch, T. I think you pronounced that 100% correct. L-L-O-C-H. So it's Tulloch Castle in Scotland. And – um, it dates back, they're thinking, um, I looked it up, and I want to say it was like the 1200s, and there's only two towers of it that are actually of the original castle. Um, and it's, of course, a hotel now, by the way. You can go stay in this castle um, if you feel mm-hmm. like it. And maybe after I talk about it, you're not going to want to do that, but perhaps. Um, yeah, but it dates back to the 12th century. So it's been around a freaking long time um but there is a tower with a spiral staircase in it that's original and there is also um there's like another part like the front hall or the grand entrance or something that's original but everything else has been like built up and changed and stuff over the years um so there's a lot of stuff happening at this hotel slash castle in scotland and um, some of the interesting ones, like the ones that like terrified me, is that there was um, a guest. <laughs> I can't. Oh, it didn't list his last name. I thought his last name was Dingwall. It just said the hotel. <laughs> and I was that like, would be Woo, an unfortunate last name. Last name. <laughs> I was like, sorry. Glad I read that before I ding said dong, his last name was Dingwall. Dingwall. <laughs> anyway, this particular guest woke up in the middle of the night feeling like he couldn't breathe and he was like like something was like trying to suffocate him and he was like really alarmed and basically um he got really cold he started to like shiver and he like when his eyes focused or when he turned on a light or like something or whatever i don't know how it happened because it doesn't really say but it says that he saw um the ghosts of two girls sitting on his chest in an attempt to suffocate him so two girls just sitting on him <laughs> I was like, uh, that's um, not cool. Like, I don't yuck my yum. <laughs> I was yeah. Also, I'm like, two girls. Does he have a really big chest? Two girls, one chest. Maybe. Stop it. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they were side by side and not like across. Like maybe it's who knows. I don't know. I don't ask questions. Um, but it also says that there are ghosts of the former maid as well as the former owner of the castle. And they have been spotted around um, the pink room and the great hall of the hotel. And guests also complain of rattling door handles and other particular noises throughout the night. And then there is the most famous ghost of the castle. Um, And I think they call her the gray green lady. Oh, she's the green lady because she's wearing a green dress. She's the green lady. And supposedly she is the ghost of a woman who fell down that spiral staircase and died now um i want to see if i can find a when it basically doesn't say when but it says that she is the most seen spirit there like people run into her 
all the time not just in the stairwell but like that she is there they'll turn corners they'll turn corners and they'll see her or they'll like be going into their room and like you know when you're standing and looking at a door and out of the side of your eye you can see someone in the hallway you know coming up or whatever and then they'll look and they'll catch a glimpse of her and she'll be gone and it's always the same she's in a green dress with like long sleeves like ruffles around the wrist so there was this boy he's like a teenager um and he was there with his family for like an event they were like a a wedding or a party or something and they were staying there and he was wandering around just taking pictures with his camera just to like get some cool shots of things and he stumbled into the tower where the staircase is and he was like oh i'm gonna climb to the top and take a picture of this turret going all the way down because it looks really cool like inside it like what a cool shot so this is what i'm gonna text you both right now is Uh this picture that Uh he got because so he got he he caught a ghost he caught a ghost in the picture and when you look at it uh, i'm gonna have you look at it and then i'm gonna ask you if you can see it, what the big deal is like how i mean it's really like holy cow i'm ready it's sending i'm oh, sorry does she do anything when people come like she doesn't like scream at you right nope. like she's not a screaming green lady okay, no good. she's not it's just very much she's just around and present and people like see her or they'll you know she'll move things around like you'll put something somewhere and then something will be somewhere else and you would be like what in the world but they also don't know if because there are a lot of other ghosts i think it's thinking it doesn't tell me if it's delivered but it's coming your way um there are a lot of other ghosts there so it's hard to tell like is it her just because we see her the most or is it like other ghosts doing other things there that that are moving stuff do they know these other ghosts like do they know why they're there like the maids why would they like do we think they died there maybe or it was the only place they knew i mean something that's been around since that long like they let's see like the 12th century is the 1100s like that's a oh, lot oh <laughs> it's her hand it hasn't come through for me yet oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> you'll see but right you see it right like she's walking and you can see it her hand with the sleeve and everything and she's just like holding the railing like i'm coming down the stairs Ooh, it's, it's not like, and it's it's weird because it seems so oh it came to my phone oh yeah that i yeah, sent it to the group what? text sorry right we'll definitely post that on our instagram listeners you can let us know what you think um but this is crazy you can see your arm right it's like an arm with a hand and like just coming down and it's just kind of a i mean i thought it was so interesting when i looked at it i see all five fingers yeah uh on the hand hand. but it almost makes me wonder with her if she's just a residual haunting and Mm -hmm. not an intelligent haunting if people are just seeing her passing by and she's just really walking around if she's just sort of an imprint do we know if she yep. did she live there when she died or was she a guest? Let me see. Um. I also, when you said spiral staircase, I imagine like an old like metal wrought oh, iron no. like close like, spiral staircase. Yeah. This is much bigger. So yeah. I'm like, if she fell down that, I wonder how many flights she fell down. That yeah, that's a castle turret. That's like you know going up to the pointy part of the castle, and you got yeah. all these stairs. She took that a tumble. Down. She she tumble tumble tumblered her way down. She went down. She was yelling timber. 
So it doesn't say. Um, it just says that she's. A lot of paranormal teams have been there trying to capture footage of her. She's the one who's been caught most on film. Um, is her and there have been balls of light. And she or- loves an audience. Orbs Apparently. and icy patches and things. Um, let me see if I can find. Uh, she's like, I am dressed up. You people need to see me. Right. Um, I want to see if she's I- like, I didn't put on a cute outfit, do my makeup, wear accessories, throw myself down the shoes, stairs and put on shoes that matched all those things <laughs> to, to not, be, not seen. be seen going down these stairs, yeah. not be seen for the rest of eternity. Eternity. Yeah, I just keep getting pictures, so I don't know that maybe they don't know. Maybe they they don't know her full yeah. background. Well, I would assume too. I'm sure a lot of the history with a place like that is passed down through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I- I'm seeing a whole bunch of stuff, and it's not, it's not anything else, which is crazy. But um, I think that's pretty cool because I was like, well, I mean, she's clearly maybe after the time of you know the the leader of the davidson clan lived there or before maybe yeah i mean who knows but i was like i just think that's kind of cool that of course the castle that would be related to my family's clan would have a ton of ghosts in it and i'm like that seems about right (laughs) right i was like that that seems about right (laughs) stephanie we should go and we should try to find her by yelling hey yo green dress I mean, it worked, didn't it? And she's going to walk around and just be like, no. No. (laughs) Nuh-uh. That was uh, the way someone chose to catcall Sarah one time. Stephanie and I were out on South Street. By her green pants. I was wearing green pants. And the guy yelled, ayo, green pants. And I went, no. 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 Wow. Well, um, that's all I have on Tulak Castle, but that was my first little story. My second one is actually one that my mom reminded me of when she was asking about, um, I was telling her I was coming on here and I didn't know what I was going to talk about. And she was like, oh, did you tell him this story? And I'm like, yeah, that was on the first episode. Did you tell him this story? Yep, that was also on the first episode. Like, I was yeah, like, I covered I Debbie covered, House Ma. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I covered a lot of family, like, so you history on that first episode. And then she says, did you tell them this? And I was like, oh, actually, I don't think I did because I don't remember knowing this story. She just kind of reminded me of it. And I was like, I think this might be the first time I've heard it or I heard it when I was little and I don't remember. Like, I mean, I was really kind of like, oh, this is an interesting story. Um, I also want to preface this by saying that when I told my mom I was coming on the show and I was like, I'm going to be on Dead Time Stories. And she was like, what? And I was like, that podcast, the spooky paranormal podcast that I'm on sometimes. I was like, if hello, Debbie House, like, you know this, you've heard some episodes. And she goes, oh, I thought the name of that podcast was, ooh, girl, that's scary. <laughs> like, Fair enough. I was like, well, that is a catchphrase, but it's not. Fair that's enough. Not, the name is Dead Time Stories. And she was like, that's okay, okay mom. So, sorry, I wanted to share that before I got into this story. I was like, this ooh, girl, ooh, that's, that's scary. scary. that. <laughs> That should be more. That I don't know why we haven't put that on merch yet. Ooh, that's yeah, scary girl. That's scary right, girl. Yeah, right. I just think it's also funny that she says it wrong. Like that's kind of the humor to me. Like, girl, that's scary. I was like, well, that's the gist. It's not quite the catchphrase, but it's close enough. Close. It's close. It's also not with the catchphrase, right? That's not the name of the show or the catchphrase. Yeah, but it's, it's close enough. It's fine. It's close. So, it's close. so this story is um, about my grandmother and my grandfather. So I think in the first episode I talked to you about how my 
grandmother said she saw my grandfather waiting for her like like that he was he not to worry like he was there and she was gonna die and go off with him and that was great yes. when she died and that was in 2008 um what i didn't know is that when my grandfather died which would have been 1979 um that he had been in the hospital which i knew and he was like you know i mean it was the end for him and they knew it but it was kind of like nobody knows when and my grandma hadn't slept and she hadn't been home and the family was like look it's february and they're like look just go home and sleep we'll stay here you come back tomorrow it'll be fine um you know we're you need to get some rest and so she's like okay and she went home and she says that morning she woke up and she knew he had died and she knew he had died no one had called yet no one had given her any money she knew he had died because she walked in the kitchen to get like her morning beverage or whatever. And there was a plant there that suddenly had a white flower in the middle of February where there had not been a white flower before, where there shouldn't have been another flower for several months. Like it wasn't time for that plant to be blooming. It was definitely a blooming plant, like an orchid, like something that comes back. But, and my mom can't remember what kind of flower it was, but she said it was white. And my grandmother looked at it and it was in full bloom and beautiful. And she was like, that's my husband saying I had to go like goodbye here's this flower and I was like oh my god that's so awesome which explains to me why I ended up seeing him there later and this is what this is the piece where I can't remember if I told you in the first episode if I talked about seeing my grandfather in that apartment after he had died like out of the corner of my eye and like ricocheted across a mirror where I was like, he's sitting there. So I didn't think I did. You only told us about your chair on your front porch. Yep. Okay. thought was. Yep. So, so years later in like, it was either the summer of 98 or 99. I lived with my grandmother for both of those summers. One of those summers, um, it was a summer. She had been talking about him a lot. She had been dreaming about him a lot. So at breakfast every morning in the living room, we would have conversations. We would talk about him. She would share memories. She would share dreams she had been having about him. And she was like having kind of some dirty dreams. <laughs> and I'd be like, woo, grandma. Yes, she was. <laughs> like, woo, I don't need you to grandma. Dial it back. I don't need to hear that you and granddaddy were taking Grandma's a getting together. that ghosted. <laughs> and it was, right, it was funny. She'd kind of like blush a little and like, and kind of laugh. And, you know, and I'm just like, this is good. It's good. It's good. And she'd just be like, well, I just, I miss him. And it was just, it was a really good dream. And I'm like, clearly. That's great, grandma. Ooh, that's the, Keep uh, yourself. Can you need more scrambled eggs? I can get up in the kitchen right now and get you some more scrambled eggs. I can get you some more scrambled eggs, grandma. But so those kind of things would go on in the morning. And one morning I got up and now granted, I was like half asleep, which is usually like when you expect to, you know, have your guard down and be sort of open Mm -hmm. to whatever. Her living room, the way it worked is you walked in from the hallway. It was a condo. So the bedrooms in the back, you walk out the hallway and you end up in this living room. Living room is very wide and open. On the left uh, is the actual living room with a couch that's not facing you. It's facing the windows because the windows look over the ocean. And behind you, on the other side, on the right, is the dining room, which was where we'd eat breakfast. And I walk out into the middle because I'm walking toward the big bay window to look out the ocean and see how beautiful it is. And as I get to the middle of the room, out of the corner of my eye, I see someone sitting on that couch with his arm up and like just like relaxed. And I'm like looking. And from the back, he's got gray hair and he looks like my grandfather. So my immediate reaction, instead of turning to look, because I know if I turn to look, I probably won't see him, like probably gone, is I look out of the side of my eye to the mirror because this whole wall of the dining room is solid mirrors. Mm -hmm. So I can see the couch and I can see everything over there in this mirror. And I look to the mirror and I see him and I'm like, clear as day. I was like, that's my grandfather. And then I turned 
to look and it was like it wasn't and all I could see was like an arm and like just up like the back of his head and it was just there for him as soon as I turned to look he was gone and I just remember being like yeah I'm sure he's hanging around like I'm sure I mean we've been talking about him for days for weeks (laughs) and I was just like he's and she's dreaming about him like why would that be right like why would like he's definitely present and I remember always thinking like yeah I suspect he'll linger around until she's ready to go and then he'll take her and that's kind of like you know comes full circle to when she died and she was like do you see him do you see him over there like and we're like ooh, okay <laughs> like it's cool go with him like yeah oh you want to go like you know you do what you want to do but he was just chilling on the couch watching his stories yep getting stories. waiting on her yeah i was like it wasn't the tv room but it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up in the den because she always kept his rocker there so they had they had matching reclining rocking chairs mm-hmm. in there and that's where they would go in and of course recline and watch tv and she was always in there and his chair stayed there till the day she moved out and i was like yeah, of course it did because he's just there watching the programs with you but Aww. i just thought that was really sweet i was just like oh white flower how adorable is that that is sweet. I thought you were going to say a doppelganger thing. Like she got up and saw him in the kitchen making coffee. And right. That's what I was expecting too. Like not just He's like about a flower, like straight up him. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Sarah fun. talked about that in one of our episodes. It's yeah. the doppelganger thing. Yeah. Where if someone sees your doppelganger, chances are it means you're either dead or about to die. Oof. Or it's good luck. There's weird. It's like black cats. Like it depends on who you talk to on what it means when you see one. Yep. But yeah, for sure. Well, those were my two kind of, you know, spooky, interesting. So basically your family's always been haunted. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yep. I'm hearing Mary Angela's got some ghosts. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, and, and I mean, it's interesting. Like I said, the most recent is the story about the porch, which I've already shared on here before. And I was like, and that was just a couple years ago. So I'm like, it still happens. I suspect that one day I might turn a corner here and see somebody I know or somebody I don't know. <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> this house was built in the 1900s. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I don't feel anything <laughs> negative in here. This is very positive. And the family that lived here before was too. So that's where I was just like, no, like there's definitely good juju in this house. But I was just like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like people follow my family around. Like, you know what I mean? It's our family members. They all just want to check in. Nobody can leave anybody alone. They have to all be like, what's what's I going on? Nosy ass ghosts. How are you today? What are you doing? Happening? Where are you going? Have you missed me? With? Do you have a picture of me yet? Where's my picture? Okay. <laughs> like, oh, God. Okay. okay. I just you for something. You busy? <laughs> right. Exactly. Sorry. Um, cool. So. Then the last thing I wanted to talk about was because I wanted to do like some true crime and because I've been been watching stuff and um, yeah, the reason why I chose this one is because I didn't expect this documentary to like affect me the way it affected me. And then once I like dug in and realized why it affected me this way, then I was like, oh my God, like they're like, I want to, I want to become an activist to make sure crap like this never happens again because I realize how far back it's been happening to me and I'm like this is just greed and corruption so mm-hmm. I want to talk about Filthy Rich which is the documentary on Netflix um, if you don't know it's the uh, it's about 
the Epstein case and situation. Yeah, me and Val have not watched it yet, but we certainly intend to. It's super good. Not watched it's it really, it's really well done. It's broken down into enough segments that they can really get specific with information and like and and really kind of just show the the depth of greed and corruption and what money can buy and that's the piece that really like infuriates me the most and the whole time i was watching it early on i kept feeling like i was looking at it from 30 feet away like this isn't me i don't know these people i don't know any of this this is never whatever and then i guess it was like episode four and i think there's only five episodes um but it's like one of the last episodes it just like it like hit me where i was like the reason why i'm so mad and so infuriated and having this like really strong emotional reaction to like what's happening and how wrong all of this is and how it's not how justice is being served and how it's like what's so wrong is because that's pretty much exactly what happened to me when I went off to college and I was never really allowed to talk about it because I signed a, a like you know whatever you call it yeah like you can't talk about it non-disclosure like non-disclosure agreement but the college that I signed that with doesn't exist anymore Let's disclose it. I was like, it got, <laughs> it got bought out After and moved. After listening to NPR, uh, I, it's actually really hard for somebody to hold up an NDA in court. Yeah. So I'm not going to worry so too much about it. It's called disclosure stories. Right. So I was like, so I'm going to talk about this and how it relates to this situation. So the real short version, because I don't want to get into like deep weeds of this, but for anybody who's listening who doesn't know the situation, Jeffrey Epstein was a piece of trash who basically was abusing women of various ages, but as young as 12, uh, since 1996. And it took He a was a pedophile. Solid, yeah, among he other things. shy away from um, it. Right. And, and among, uh, he was, you know, human oh. trafficker. He was. He also uh, didn't kill himself. Let's put that out there. Well, we're going to talk Ooh, about that. talk to Mary oh, Yeah, yeah. I was like, we're going to talk about that. Don't get ahead of me. Um, so, yeah. So that's what you need to know. You need to know that that for those, what, how, how many years is 96 to 2019? How many years is that? 23. Right. Yeah. So for 23 years, people tried to get stuff to stick on him and try and reported it. It wasn't like women were quiet. It wasn't like people didn't say anything. People spoke up and got loud and really weird things happened. Like the district attorney of Florida decides to cut a super secret deal behind closed doors if he pleads to a way lesser like charge mm -hmm. and serves 13 that. of his 18 month sentence in an open door prison one where his jail cell oh was never locked where God. he got to leave for 12 hours a day and do whatever he you wanted where he was murdered no 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 that no i'm not talking about that this That's is not, a different one this is this before is in that, yes before he even died just his first time in i'm like is that even prison that sounds like a resort exactly and he had his own private drivers that got to come pick him up. So basically, it was it was a crappy out. hotel. He stayed the night in a crappy hotel and left that morning to go home and live his life and do his things and go to appointments. And then he would come back that night by like, he was gone 12 hours. So he'd be back by nine o'clock at night where he'd go back to bed and get up the next day and do it again. And he only served 13 of his 18 months because he got off on good behavior. And that release program, him getting to leave was like a work release program. And I'm like, are you kidding? And again, this deal was cut without any negotiation or consultation with the victims with the people who were like trying to get you know it was it was shady now it was strictly yeah. behind closed doors yep. cash they, wa they walked cash into court thinking hands. their day in court was coming and instead it was like okay so a deal was struck last night in the middle of the night and here's what the deal is and he's going to serve 18 months and um by the way 
this also says that we are not going to come for him anymore. We're not going to come for anybody who was implied in this. So like anybody that we didn't come for this time, but was, you know, basically talked about in this case. They don't have to worry about getting their comeuppance. Right. Like none of his accomplices. We're not going to come for any of your accomplices. Everybody has immunity. And so that was so shocking and jarring. And it was just like, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? Who is this person that did this? Oh, it's the DA, Alexander Acosta. Guess whose buddy he is? Guess who, what job he had in our country right after his buddy became president? Yeah, oh. I Trump. He worked, yep. Did he work in the Justice Department? Where did he work? He became Secretary of Labor. He in in Trump's okay. in Trump's cabinet, he became Secretary of Labor. But he was a Florida district attorney who cut this super secret deal. Who basically everybody from the police to the reporters to everybody who knew this was coming down in Florida, they all were like, "This is so cut and dry. This man's going away forever." And then this happened, and they were like, "What just happened?" Even the cops. The cops were like, "You got to be kidding! Like this is we we gave you." so much evidence like this is ludicrous so all his victims could do was then turn to civil suits right and you know how expensive civil suits are right that's right crazy expensive okay yeah and none of them had the money to fight him yeah right i mean and and they all did i mean to their credit they all filed these civil suits and you know they did their thing and some of them got some money but i mean it was never it was never what really needed to happen. So flash forward, a judge takes a look at this. They get it in front of a federal judge and they're like, this seems against the law. This deal seems like it's not something that should legally be allowed to happen because we yeah. think we, the victims, our rights were infringed upon because we weren't consulted. Nothing. This was negotiated through us. Like justice was not served for us. This is wrong. And the federal judge went, you are absolutely right. I'm reversing this business. Like, I'm sorry. Now, mind you, he's already served his time and done his thing. So he's out. And this is like 10 years later. This takes like a long time for this to happen. But at least the federal judge is like, yeah, nah, we can do this. So instead of doing it again in Florida, smart, they're all like, you know what, though? We're going to go get him in New York. Because if he's doing this in Florida, he lives in New York. He's got this like a island out if he's doing it while he's on vacay, he's probably doing it at home. Definitely doing it at home. So that's how they got him. They got him through raiding his New York apartment. They got him through stuff they found in New York. And when he flew back in, if he had known it was coming down, he wouldn't have flown back in. But he came in back from his island and landed in New Jersey. And that's when they arrested him. And this was in 2019. So that's 23 years after the first girl came forward and was like, hey, me and my sister, we got to talk about this. Like, I'm an adult, but she's not. And here are the things that happened. And somebody help us that's 23 years after that they finally get him now we're going to talk about jail they throw him in the tombs Mm -hmm. which is a very famous new york like prison and it is not well funded (laughs) it's not well kept there's a lot of stuff going on there um and i know it's not where you keep a high profile criminal right so, I mean, I'm glad for that. Sure, throw them in the tombs. Heck yeah. Like, we're done playing this game. Like, that to me yeah, seems... you don't get your 12-hour yeah. prison resort over right. here, prison, Mike. You got to go serve with the Dementors in the tombs. Yep, exactly. Have fun with that. <laughs> Enjoy your tiny, tiny windows that don't open, that barely let in any light, and you don't get to open this door or leave this room or anything, and it's bad. So, Yeah. Fast forward again about like less than what was it, like just a couple of weeks he was in there and 
one morning they wake up and he's dead. Looks like he's hung himself. And suddenly the cameras didn't work. So they can't like see how he hung himself. And there's like all these questions. Like there's some, some guy did an autopsy and basically was like, yeah, but his jaw was broken in a weird way. And you can't get that way from hanging yourself. And I'm like, well, you can, if you, because, oh, the other thing was that it didn't look like he jumped from anything. Like, it wasn't tied to anything and jumped, like, where did he jump from? And I'm like, I don't think there was anywhere to jump from. I think if he was super desperate, he might have gotten real creative and figured out a kind of, you know, auto-asphyxiation is a thing, right? You can tie stuff up to things and lean in a certain way, and you can accidentally end up killing yourself. And if you wanted to do it on purpose, that could do it. The weight of your body could chip your chin, bone. Like, there were all these explanations. But what really did it for me was before he died, he transferred all of his money out of the United States so that nobody could get to it. Basically, he didn't have an estate that could be, you know, tapped into in order to pay the victims, in order to give people the money they deserve. $577 million got sent away. And it was like, wow. He's yeah, that, such a piece of shit. That, right. That's why I was like, either he paid somebody to kill him or he knew or he asked somebody to pay somebody to kill him or he killed himself one of those three things but i don't think it was anybody who was like i gotta shut this guy up because he's gonna tell everything like i think that was already a given and all those people need to get right with themselves because there's a lot of other people involved and i'm not gonna like go into all of that but i was like you can look into it it's messed up so you don't think there's a possibility that he got... He was killed to keep him quiet? Well, no, that because we go back to Marianne's point is that he moved his money around. You don't think there's a possibility that when he landed in New Jersey and he got arrested again, that he didn't already have a fail safe in place that said, if I get arrested again and they come back me, come back at me again, they got too close last time. If they do it again, send all my money away, you know, shred the evidence, sink the boat, blow up the island, like move all the money around. And then if I get out, I'll get my money again but move it away so no one else can get it. Well, and then they murdered him. So yeah, it didn't that, come that's, out. An, that's an interesting theory. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's not possible. But because no he's one, been arrested before and they got close. Mm, they didn't, though. They didn't get close. He cut it. I mean, he, was he able had to, to buy cut himself, a deal. Yeah, but he was able to buy himself out of that. I don't think he thought. Out of that one. But the second time they yeah. were like, oh, there's no way you're buying right. yourself out of this fucking deal. And he's Which like, is, jokes I on think, you. My money's gone. Yeah. I think it's a com. I feel like it could be a combo of the two. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. see why, why both aren't plausible. Like, I think he put it away for safekeeping, but also because he knew that there, there was a chance like there's a chance yeah so when i got to the end of it and i was like still mad and like hurt and upset and, and then trying to like unpack it and be like why do i feel this way like what is what is about it and then it hit me that this ties to this situation when i was in college so um i won't say the name of the school just in case they want to try and sue me but i went to a school in west virginia where i was basically scouted by an older man who saw me sing and basically was like, I'm going to give you a full ride to go to college if you come out here and go to college. And I was like, all right, that sounds great. I wasn't going to go to college. So free college, yay, college. And I signed up for it. And before I went, my teacher at the time, my drama teacher, who the reason why I had met him in the first place was through her. She had invited him and his singers to come and sing at our school. She went to school there. She was one of his former students. And she says, I would love to take you to lunch so I can talk to you and kind of 
just, you know, like educate you on how things are in West Virginia and at that department and in that school so that it's not so much of a culture shock for you when you go there, which I thought was a real weird thing for a teacher to say. I mean, I know West Virginia is different, but like, I mean, am I so hoity-toity I can't handle going to school in West Virginia? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Because <laughs> like, yeah, you were in regular Virginia at the time. I was in Maryland. Like, I was in Maryland. Here's what you need to yeah. know. <laughs> Them West Virginians. Right. I was like, what is it? Is it like I got to join a cult when I get there or I'm, they throw me out? I Just don't know. a pyramid scheme. Right. I never got a chance to go to lunch with her. It never worked out. I never found time to talk to her. And I, it always kind of sat with me like, I don't know, it's whatever. So I get there and, you know, I'd say within a couple months, it became obvious to me by the way the man was looking at me and the way that when we would have voice lessons and he would put his hands up under my boobs and say, breathe from your diaphragm. And I wanted to be like, so I know enough about anatomy to know that that is nowhere near my diaphragm and my diaphragm is down here. And you, if you want to put your hands there and feel me breathe, I'm fine with that. But literally cuffing both my boobs like this like and telling me to breathe, I'm like, this is wildly inappropriate. And from there, it changed to a lot of like really uncomfortable leering. Like I would catch him, like I'd be singing in choir and I'd look over and he'd just be like sitting there, like looking me up and down basically. And I'd be like, am I, and, and you know, your immediate reaction is I'm making this up. This can't possibly be, this isn't happening. Like this is not what this is. So he comes to me, I must've been there literally like two months. He comes to me and he says, I need you to do some work in my office because I'm paying for your college and you should come in and like just organize some music and help me out. Like this should be part of it. And I was like, okay, like that was never agreed to, but I was like, you know, at the time I was like, all right, that seems fine. So I go in there and as I'm organizing things, he's sitting at his desk and he's talking to me and he starts asking me about how I'm liking college and have I met any boys because, you know, West Virginia boys are amazing in bed and West Virginia boys are all really like, built and like I could have a lot of fun with a West Virginia boy I bet I've never been with a West Virginia boy and I'm like getting real uncomfortable and I'm just like eh. and I'm trying to laugh it off because you know me I'm the epitome of polite right like and I'm just like and also now That's I feel a uncomfortable lot of young girls and because you're situation. a young woman right? you're under you a lot don't of pressure know what to from do. an older man with a lot of power and a lot of money who's who holding my education like in his hand right I, I didn't Correct. get into any other colleges I had no other place to go like this Correct. is right this is a person abusing his power right yes so then I'm like Which is why you what do I do like how do I like what should be the next thing and of course the thoughts go through my mind like I need this money I need college right which I can tie directly to what some of these girls said in this documentary where they were like he was paying me I needed that money I was in a bad situation and this was you know I knew what I was doing and no it wasn't great and I knew it was wrong but I needed that money and I'm like yep there was that moment for me where I was like I could make a scene and like blow this out of the water or I could try to figure out a way to deal with this and be like, still get my education paid for, still get what I was promised when I came here. So I suddenly fake a headache, right? Where I'm just like, oh no, I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, you know, I get migraines because that would, my mom had laid all of that out for the school. Like I need to go to the hospital, get a shot, like the whole thing if I get a migraine. And I was like, I think I have a migraine coming on. I need to go back to my dorm room and get ahead of it. I've got medicine, like I need to go. And he was like, oh, no. He's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I was like, yeah, um, I just, I was like, I don't feel very well. And he was like, okay. And he gets up and like hugs me. And so I'm like, oh, that's weird. But like, again, maybe I'm 
thinking too much about this and maybe he's just like, you know, trying to justify it away. And I'm like, the hug will be over in a second. And as he pulls back, he stops and then he grabs my face and kisses me. And I'm telling you, this man is like 76 years old. Like he's 76. And, and while he's holding me there and I'm frozen, I'm absolutely paralyzed. He takes one hand down and grabs my hand and tries to put my hand on his junk. And I am, I'm literally frozen solid. Like I just literally can't move. And I'm just like, what is happening? What is happening? And I immediately with my hand there just pushed back. So I ended up hitting him in the stomach because I just pushed back to be like, I need you to be off of me. And I was like, what? are you doing? And he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I just couldn't resist myself. You're just so beautiful. You're just so beautiful. I just couldn't help myself. And I was like, you're going to have to help yourself because like, you're never like, right. Exactly. And I was like, do not touch me. I was like, this is not okay. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. It was absolutely inappropriate. I promise it'll never happen again. I promise it'll never happen again. And I immediately leave. Like I'm immediately like, I'm out of here. I'm gone. And I go home and I'm, I'm pretty, shaken like I'm pretty like what in the world is going on right now like this is so amazingly messed up and I like had to think it through like like what do I want to do what's going to happen whatever so I went to a college friend of mine and I said look man what can we do here if I blow this whistle I lose college I go home tomorrow and I just got here I'm two months in and this is my only college opportunity and he's paying for it how can I make this stop, but still get college? Like, what can I do? And he says, well, he says, the one thing guys like that are the most afraid of is whistleblowing. And he was like, so we need to make him understand that if he lays a single hand on you again, you will blow that whistle so loud that like, there will be no question like that. He must never touch you again. And that like, he needs to stop asking you uncomfortable questions and let you know the whole thing. How do we do that? He says, I'm the editor of the school newspaper we're going to write an article and you're going to tell me everything that just happened start to finish. I'll make it anonymous. I won't say who you are. I won't say what happened, what, who the professor is. We're just going to say this happened on campus and girls beware and like, and you know, keep your eyes open, pay attention. Don't be alone with the professor, et cetera, so forth, whatever. So he prints it. And of course, immediately everybody in the college wants to talk to me, like the higher ups and everything, like what's going on. I was like, I'm not, going to tell you who I'm not going to say who like I'm I, I'm I'm did dealing they, with this did he print it with your name no in the story? it was completely no anonymous names. with no names oh then how did they know it was you well how did they come he was to an you? old lech who leered at her all the time so it wasn't that it was that the music instructors in the department knew it was me because it said I'm from out of state I was literally the only out of state girl in the music program that came that year hello who's on okay. who's on tuition scholarship mm-hmm. hello like it mm-hmm. didn't take rocket science but mm-hmm. they had been alerted the college had been alerted by the professors in the music program because this wasn't the first time he had done it oh of he, course he, it wasn't. right of course he had been not. he had been Absolutely doing it for 30 years and years. for 30 years, years. they Decades. had been trying to get something on him they had been trying to get someone to blow the whistle and really like go for him so that they could get him out of there and they came to me and they were like, you know, the school administration was like, well, this professor, you know, the music theory professor came to us and said, you know, I think it's her and whatever. And so I was like, okay, yeah, it's me. I'm not willing to say who or what happened, like beyond, you know, what you read. I was like, what I am willing to say is that if it happens again, I will be coming to you. Like there, you will know. And I was like, and it is wrong. I was like, but you know, I'm, I, I don't feel school. comfortable right now. Like I'm in, yeah. I need, I need a school. 
So of course he calls me like I'm not in his office by myself, but he has like open office hours or whatever. And it's no, it's during my voice lesson is when he actually talked to me about it. Um, Cause I couldn't help but have private voice lessons with him. Cause that's part of my education. Um, but he brings it up and he was like, boy, did I make a mistake touching you? Like I had no idea. Like, don't you worry. I'm never going to say another thing. I'm never going to say anything to you. Like, you know, it, it's fine. You, you know, just get your education and, you know, make sure that you take care of all the things you need to take care of to have, you know, to get your credits or whatever. And he was like, don't worry. I'm not going to like say anything. this whole snarky. So he's trying to be an asshole about it. Like you're going to be like, no, 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 no. Please still talk to me. Right. You're like, fine. Good. You pay my tuition. I'm done. I called my mom because of course I needed to tell my mom, look, like something inappropriate happened with this professor. Now I'm not underage. I'm 19 years old. So, I mean, still inappropriate, but like I'm an adult. So I was like, what, what do I do here? Like, what, what should I do? And my mom says, if you're not willing to like blow the whistle now, what you need to do is write down everything that happened, stick it in an envelope and mail it to yourself so that it has a timestamp on it. So it has a, a postmark on it and keep that letter until it's time to blow the whistle because then you have something dated from back when it happened. Like, okay, this wasn't the first time. Here was the first time. Here's the postmark that says this was two years ago, et cetera, whatever. So I did that. And yeah, the postmark is like, I didn't just write that date on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, this is when I had it. So I did that and I kept that letter. And the years went on. And, you know, he was never particularly nice to me. He was pretty shitty to me most of my time there. Um, I still caught him looking at me. He would still sometimes like ask inappropriate questions about like, oh, like if I came in tired or if I wasn't in good voice, he'd be like, is it because you were out with a guy last night? Is it because you were basically like sucking dick? Like, I mean, honestly, that's the kind of shit he would say to me. And I just kind of roll my eyes and continue on and be like, you're such an asshole, like whatever. And then the piece that really hit me and when I really was just like, holy crap, I'm no better, was in order to shield some of that, right? I did what some of these girls did, which is bring somebody else into the mix so that he's focused on them and not focused on me and i feel super duper shitty about it like i literally it's like i knew i had done that at the time and but like to see it in this context and to be like i enabled that like there are girls in this documentary who they're they're like you know some of the police were like well we could charge you for aiding and abetting and i'm like God, I was no better. I literally was like, hey, look at that girl over there so that you don't have to look at me anymore so that you can stop being with me and, and like, you know, harassing me and doing that kind of stuff. And the girl that I redirected him to actually was a lot stronger and a lot smarter than me and totally knew how to play him and keep him at arm's distance and didn't seem to mind the questions and the leers. And as far as I know, he never laid a hand on her, which is great. But it's one of those things where I still feel like like, I mean, I wrote her an email. We haven't spoken in many, many years for many different reasons, not just this. But I wrote her an email because I was like, I am so sorry. Like, you seem to handle it fine, but I don't know if that stuff's come up for you in years past where you were like, this man was an absolute filth and, like, this happened. He was a predator. He really was. and He's he 100% knew, a predator. He knew what he was doing when he sought me out. He plucked me from my family. He moved me a long ways away to do whatever he did. So now I'm three years I've survived this three years and I'm at the end of my third year and it's my junior year. And he, I I wanted to get a job. 
obviously from the summer. I was like, I'm going to go to Maine and work at this like theater camp with kids and it's going to be awesome. And I needed two references and the only two references, two, two references from my school. And the only two references I could give was the drama director who I'd been working with for three years and him, the music director who I've been working with for three years. And it never occurred to me that he would give a bad reference. It never, ever occurred to me that he would stoop like that. But while she got, gave an amazing reference, they called me and they were like, we're really sorry. Like, we loved you. We loved your interview and everything. But I got to tell you, you should never put Guy Owen Baker as a reference for you. And I was like, why? Like, what, what did he say? Like, he's amazing. What did he say? And she was like, well, I shouldn't be telling you this, but you know, he told us that you're a drug addict and that you show up to all the rehearsals and all the performances high and on acid and out of your mind and that you're promiscuous and that you sleep around and that you've been caught like, you know, on trips when they've gone on tour with guys in the vehicles and like all of this stuff that's like 100% in no way true. And I'm like, and I'm just seeing red and I'm like, oh my God, like, are you kidding me? But he's me? also got to paint you as not a reliable source if you then came back and was like, no, he assaulted me. Right. They're going to be like, well, he said you did drugs, so. And I'd be like, yeah. So at that moment, I knew I was done. I knew I was done being there. I was knew I was done at that school. I knew the last thing I was going to do was make sure he was done. And I went over, I marched over when I hung up that phone over to his office. And I literally, because I like dramatic flair, y'all, kicked in the door. I literally kicked it in. And I was like, you motherfucker. I was like, I hope you've enjoyed the last 50 years you've been at this college. I was like, because you will not be back next year. And I was like, I am taking you down. And I turned around and I flipped him off. I totally gave him two middle fingers. There you go. And then I turned around. And as I'm walking out the door, I hear him laughing behind me. And I hear him say, women have been trying for decades. Good luck, sweetheart. And I was just like, oh, like you just don't even know. Right. Like you think you're the first woman to tell me you're going to end my career. Yep. You think you're going to be the last. Yeah. So actually, let me change this because I think it wasn't it wasn't because that's when I went and called my mom. So it wasn't my mom who told me to mail the letter to myself. It was my father because my father knew what was up. That was it because my mom was so mad that my dad had known. Anyway, so now I call my mom. <laughs> Um, just clarifying. Uh, and I call my mom and I tell her the whole scenario and everything that's happened. And my mom says, we're going to get you a lawyer. We're going to take this to court. We're making this happen. And I was like, oh, heck yeah. I was like, by the way, I'm also moving. I'm going to leave the school and I'm going to go to Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia. And she was like, no problem. Like, we're going to take you there. And so I moved. And in less time than you would think, um, that summer, so let's say that was May when that all started, by July, I had an appointment with the president of the college and my lawyer, and they thought I was coming to push back against a class. A teacher gave me an F for missing the final because I had a migraine and I was in the hospital, and so I missed the final, and she was like, had a, like a no makeup policy or whatever. You miss the final, yeah, you, you like fail forever. Zero tolerance. Right. And so I, I knew I was leaving, so I honestly didn't give three shits, but they thought I was there 
to talk about that. And my mom, yeah, my mom, like my mom is sitting there with this giant binder and the binder has affidavits that we've gotten from people who witnessed the way he treated me and talked to me to also people who I told when the assault happened, like all these affidavits are in there and she just drops the binder on the table and she goes, Oh no, 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 no. We're here to talk about my daughter being assaulted as a freshman by a professor who has had complaints brought up against him for the last 30 years and nothing's happened. And she slides the binder over and they're all like, I mean, I just remembered all the blood draining out of the face of the president of this college where he was just like, oh my God, like I had no idea. So yeah, that's the only way you got an audience with them. If they knew you were coming because of assault, they never would have talked to you. Never. No, never. And it was nice because it wasn't like we lied about it. We were just like, we want an appointment. Like, we need to talk to you. It's serious. We're bringing a lawyer. Like, talk to us. And so they didn't see it coming. And um, it didn't take as long as I thought. I never got my day in court because they saw the writing on the wall. They fired him on the spot. He did not come back that next year. So ding, number one, I totally got him fired and he didn't come back. Um, there are two camps of students there. There's a camp of students that, that think he's God and think that I ruined an old man's life and destroyed him and that he died sad and broken be because I, right. It was for the attention because yeah. everybody knows how much we women love the attention for this kind of thing. And then there's oh, a whole course. group of people who were like, hell yeah, thank you. We've been trying to do that for decades and thank God that you finally succeeded in this. And um, on top of that, they also like as they started reading through things and realizing kind of how this was going, they were like, look, you know, what are you trying to get out of this? We've already fired the man. Like, so what do you want? And I'm like, well, I was promised a school. I was promised school paid for and I'm now at a new school. So I have to like go back a semester and start again with all of their core shit that you guys didn't need mm-hmm. and they do. And I was like, so I'm looking at about, you know, maybe three more years of college paid in full at Marshall University. So what does that equate? And also I'd like all of the money I borrowed to, cause I was only a tuition scholarship for the three years I spent here at tech. And then, you know what, let's just double that because why not? 30 years, y'all 30 freaking yeah, years, you waited way too long. <laughs> like 30 years. And they agreed to it on the premise that I never spoke about it. I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't talk about the school. I didn't talk about any of their wrongdoing. I didn't say any of that. And I had to sign it and be like, I will never, and I'll never bring up any more charges, no matter what comes down the road, like whatever, this is the extent of it. This is it. You're resolving this. And they cut me a settlement and I did it. But I, I get what these girls in this, this particular situation feel about wanting their day in court. I really wanted to see that man in court and I wanted to be able to say in front of people like this is how shitty this person was and this is what he did to me and now he's going to pay for those things beyond just money. Like I know in the end it was a civil it was a civil case so it was it was always going to end in money it was never going to end in jail time but there's there's something to be said for that day in court when it's somebody that you've been fighting for so long or like been feeling like so underwater about and it's like has to face those accusations publicly yeah, in front of their family in front of the you know the people that are there like just being able to say that and i that is my biggest regret it's not me and you in your office and you telling me that this isn't this is happening and everyone is gonna see me tell you what you did and you know what you did yep. and i mean yeah also the benefit of the last thing he said to you was people have been trying to do it good luck mm-hmm. And to be able to face him and be like, 
I guess luck was on my side. I did it. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But that's what I really wished for these women in in this case. By him killing himself or being killed or whatever happened to him. Like, they never got their day. They never got to go in there and be like, this guy is awful. And I get it. I get it. And I think that whole combination is just what, like, really made that particular documentary hit home. And when I saw how deep it went, how... You know, all these people were just kind of like, what are we going to do? Like, it's he, he's got all this money. He's got all this power. And, you know, I think about this college and I'm like, what were you guys thinking? Like, was he that great of a music instructor? Like, he'd been there so Somebody long. Really like, lose. exactly. I was like, what were we so I, afraid I of? I think with cases like that, it's the same in the medical community with malpractice where, like, by publicly letting it, uh, by publicly letting him go and saying that he was this person, then they then are going to have to admit to all these years of it happening where they didn't do anything. Yep. So it's not just a matter of like you exposed him because he did this now. Like it exposes the fact that they knew about it for so long and didn't do anything. Yeah. There was one teacher, and to this day she won't speak to me. Professor, she's a doctor actually. Um, she and it was the drama instructor. And in my testimony that was in my little packet that I gave them, I talked about how early on, back when I was a freshman, she was one of the first people I talked to about this. And she said to me, you have a choice here. You could, she was really the one who was like, you could say something and then possibly not be able to finish college or like everybody else has done for decades, like just just, fi- just figure out how to deal with it figure out how to keep him at arm's length figure out how to keep him away from ever touching you and just get your education like what is more important what is the path of least resistance and i was like okay and i put that in my affidavit and she had to stand up and say that was a lie she had to call me a liar because they were going to fire her and rightfully so and to this day she's still at the the new version of the college because the college got bought out and she's she's now at the new college under the new name in the new town where it is. Um, and I won't say all that, but um, but she's still she's still a professor, a drama professor, an English professor there. And I'm like, wow, okay. And I mean, she was a person I trusted, and I took her advice to try and survive three years, and that was fine. And I understand why she was probably like, oh my god, no, I didn't say that. But I'm also kind of like, as now as an adult, I'm sort of like, you probably should have been fired. For that yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like you basically told me to suck it up but she told me that based on what she had heard from everybody else was that he's been getting away with it for 30 years so the odds of her winning are slim so yeah but that's it those are my three my two sticky and right it's a lot those are big i am so sorry that that all happened to you i mean the way i look at it is i got education out of it and i was really happy about that it cost me a really gross kiss of the 76 year old man, but I got to go to Europe for free. I got to like <laughs> go to, go to school, a great school, like, you know, and it, but to any other girls who this happened, no, no, it's don't still suck awful. it up I, just cause you yeah, might go to Europe 100%. for free. But that's the thing with, with a lot of people who have, I mean, self-included, like a lot of people who've been through like a really, what we consider like a minor assault, right? We're just like, it could have been worse. Right. Like so many women do yep. that. We're like, we like belittle our own experience and our own trauma where it was a really horrible thing that happened. But we're just like, 
It could have been worse. Like, he at least he didn't do this. Like, it was awful. What he did was awful, period. Like, was, regardless of yeah. it could have been worse, he could have done this, he could have done that. What he did was awful and fucked up, and I'm glad that he got fired because he's a piece of shit and he deserves worse. Yep, he totally did. It is true. And I am sorry that I didn't get a day in court, but, you know, it's he's dead now. He died in 2005. <laughs> so. Yeah. He died. Wow, that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> well, he's dead now. Well, good. Yep. He, he died, actually. I hope it was long and slow. He died in 2004. He died just before I left Wilmington. I found out that he died. And I remember actually being kind of like, hmm. I mean, not that you wish dead. anybody dead, but I also was like, meh. Okay. Like. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Jerk. Exactly. Period. Fuck that guy. Period. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. Denzel. Well, there you go. Those are my, those are my stories. And if you have a chance to watch that uh, documentary, you really should. It is worth watching. And it's like, they'll give you the warning at the beginning where they're like, you know, trigger warning. Warning. It's rough. Um, This is a lot. Yeah. But it's really well done and like thoughtful and really presents a lot of information that makes you kind of go. Yeah. Everybody who had their hands on that case should have to pay with jail time (laughs) like they should all be in prison so i'm gonna say sorry well i just want to say one thing which is the past few episodes we've been wondering what order we would present our stories and mary angela proved to us that this week was light into heavy the The heavy's at the end (laughs) the heavy one goes at the end i don't know how i feel about it though because now i'm like I'm not. I'm like, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Glad he got fired. Glad he's dead. Right. I'm sorry you went through those things. I'm glad that you ultimately were like, I'm taking you down. I won. I mean, I feel very vindicated. Like, I'm just like, yeah, to me, the story has a happy ending because I'm like, I got you jerk like, right I, yeah i was like because your story i said went, i was yeah, gonna make you like, pay good. and you totes paid and, and you paid for college and a real kick-ass new year's eve party in 1997 thank job. you and yeah and, and you lost and your you job lost your but job. Yep, yeah. you're done right like mary angela went up in his office and she was like you about to lose your job <laughs> and then he did yep and then he did. And that felt pretty good. Like, that was, I mean, almost better than a day in court. Like, I'd say day in court might have been a little bit better, but I was like, but it's a close, close second. But it's not bad. Yeah. yeah like, you, yeah. And as far as the ways it could have gone, you made out pretty good. Yep. Did it. Did it. Well, yeah, on that well, note. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing your story with us. Oh, Appreciate shit. It. Hold on. I just knocked my headphones right off my freaking I, I watched face. it happen in real time. It's because my hair's all all over the place. What I was Are gonna you from say Philly is, now? my hair's here all over the place. My hair's all over the place. I don't know. I don't know where I'm from. I don't know who I am. I haven't been sleeping, know. y'all. I don't know why, but listen to your heart. <sighs> when they're calling for you, um, I was going to say before we close things up. This is also the week of Mary Angela's. Birthday, birthday episode. It is, y'all. Bear, 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 bear. Happy birthday, Mary Angela. Bear, bear. Thank you. Bear, bear, birthday. It's coming up. Yeah, it sure so is. So everyone, wish Mary Angela happy, happy birthday. Thank and you. It's going to be, uh, this episode is released on Thursday. Mary Angela's birthday is on Monday. Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, One yeah, week from today. 
today when that we're recording from when it, we're recording. No. Monday for when this comes out is Mary Angela's birthday, so hop on over to her Instagram and thank her for sharing her story and wish her a happy birthday. Hey, thank you all. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. And Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> it's all a fucking clusterfuck and just makes me angry. And we're gonna we're gonna watch that documentary and share all of our feelings. You should. It'll stir up a bunch. It's crazy. Oh, it's all crazy. Well, with all that being said, y'all, I'm so uh, you want to help our show? There you go. You I was like, please give us your money. To our Patreon. Uh, we have one dollar, five dollar, and fifteen dollar tiers. At one dollar, even just one dollar a month is awesome because it gives you access to our Patreon exclusive Facebook page. Mary Angela's there, Sarah's there, I'm there, Colleen's there, Christina's there. Everybody that you hear about on the show is there and they're all sharing memes about spooky shit and it's a really good time. And that's just a dollar a month. Five dollars a month gets you extra content. It gets you I Saint I It. I Saint It. Which I am so excited to record this month's I Saint It. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited. Uh, I already know what I'm going to talk about because I watched it yesterday and I'm really amped. So go give us $5 so you can hear it. Right? For $5 a month, you're going to get I Seen It. Uh, Christina's is at 15, isn't it? Yes. yes. Is it at five too? Great. So you get I Seen It for $5 a month. And then at 15, you get two extra things on top of all the stuff you get at $1 and $5. You get those two. But you also get a celebrity ghost fart illustration that I'm going to draw every month. And that is going to be of a dead celebrity farting because that's what it is. And womp, it's going to be a digital picture. Womp, womp, womp. It's going to be on our Patreon and you won't be able to find it anywhere else. It's only available through the Patreon. But you also get our exclusive episodes from Christina once a month of her content called Me, Myself, and YouTube. Where it's just Christina and she's telling you all about some wacky YouTube celebrity that you've never heard of, but it's going to be really interesting anyway, because YouTube celebrities are fucking weird. And so those are all of our tears. Like, if you thought that her, what'd she do, four episodes on YouTube drama now for us was a, like, a whole bunch and that must be all of it, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. And that's what Christina's getting into. once a month, a whole episode that's just that, and you do... Subscribe for $15 a month. And, of course, you can buy merch from us at our website, deadtimestories.com. That's all one word with a Z. And you can do other stuff to support our show that's totally free because we understand that Corona has a lot of people being broke. So the best way that you can help us that doesn't cost you any money whatsoever is to give us a $5 review on iTunes or $5, uh, a five-star review $5 review and give us $5. <laughs> um, but no, a five-star review on iTunes, it really, really helps those algorithms that helps new people find us. And that's what helps our show grow. Honestly, so, a $5 us- review would work great too. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that, too. If you want to send us $5 and just tell us we're great. So if you do a five-star review, it doesn't cost you any money and it is a huge, huge help to our show and helping us grow and find new people. And, of course, you can also email us, deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. We love your emails and we like reading them all in the air if you let us. I mean, nobody, ex- unless you explicitly you'll email say us. don't, like, we'll, we might read it. Like, we, we we'll put you on blast. On so don't, yeah. you know, if you don't want us to do that, you need to, like, explicitly say that. You need to, like, put in your subject line, NDA. 
<laughs> don't read this on the air. Please don't read and this on the air. And you know what? Try and hold it up in court, bitch, if we do. <laughs> yeah, because so, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, everybody. Happy birthday, Mary Angela. Happy birthday. Woo! I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. I'm Mary Angela. And this, and this has, has been, been Dead Time Stories. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman. 